0: Wednesday, and that means that you're listening to spoiler alert on 91.3 FM CJTR Bridger Community Radio. I am joined as always by my favorite soon to be washed up co-host Sonya and her stuntman Sean. Hey guys. Hey. Uh-huh. <laughs> Today we're going we're going to go topical and discuss the new Quentin Tarantino film Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Elipsis is important. Yes.
1: That's a good part.
0: <laughs> a full spoiler alert is in effect. So if you want to see this movie, but you haven't, you may want to catch this episode later as a podcast. To get us started, did you guys know that seemingly random actions of Rick and Cliff shaved, saved, oh my god, saved, <laughs> saved Sharon Tate and her friends from what could have been a very sticky situation? Oh, they shaved her real good. <laughs> yeah, she was <laughs> completely hairless. They shaved her hard.
1: <laughs> I did know, but I do wonder if some of the children know who are going to see that this as movie. Well. I think you brought this up last week. Too. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Here's, so here's point one, and I'm just going to tell you guys what I wrote down, and then we're going to get into it. So item one is a disjointed and argumentative recap. Is that that's us? That's us. Oh, okay. It's all of us together, working together to try to, uh, and describe to together the plot. Yes. It's like I have thoughts. I want to hear yours, and then we'll. I feel like it's not. It's not too crazy.
2: Well no,
1: honestly not a lot happened. There's a lot of, yeah.
2: <laughs> it's uh in two two sentences, I would say um yeah, a washed up actor uh and his best friend try to jumpstart his career <laughs> in Hollywood at the same time that uh the sixties are coming to an end and darkness looms. Ooh. Like a like a blanket? like a big blanket a big blanket of darkness about to cover Cielo Drive
0: Sonya you gonna
1: yeah I'm gonna okay here's my summation Mm mm-hmm uh two (laughs) 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 (laughs)
0: okay uh okay
1: uh washed up actor and his best his stuntman best friend who represent old school Hollywood masculinity Uh oh Find themselves at odds with a new cultural generation in Hollywood in,
2: mm-hmm. the 19,
1: in 1969.
0: Oh, you yeah, yeah. hippies. And they're coming for them. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sum it up this way. This is a lot less argumentative than I thought it would be. Yeah. Uh, two hours of character development followed by a short film. <laughs> Honestly, so true. I did feel like it could. I feel like you had two good ideas. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
2: And then maybe they could have just been their own film. Yes. Okay, so to be very...
1: Also, uh, let's get some argumentative in in here, just since you asked for it.
0: Mm -hmm. Since you asked. (laughs) Are
1: we going to... Do we feel that two hours of character development is a little generous, maybe? Those two hours are not spent exclusively on character development. I wish. Really? For
0: real? What are you talking
1: about? I don't know. I feel like there were a lot of asides. A lot of prolonged cowboy stretches.
2: Yeah, the only one that really... (laughs) The only one that grew was... Uh, Rick, yeah, Leo, Leo DiCaprio's character, um, and actually, I thought that Leonardo DiCaprio—I'll use his full name—you could just whisper Leo, Leo. Leo. I think that Leo. Leo did a great job in this. He did. Role, he really did. He's a
1: very gifted actor. He was I will doing,
2: say that he was doing so much. He did. He started with all this bravado, and mm-hmm. then he was like, and then he became—he was so sad and downtrodden by his... He was l-
0: so sad. He was
2: so emotional the whole he time. He was so emotional. Yeah. But
0: and I thought that was really the best part of, well, really the whole movie. It and sort of rested on the crux, but...
2: Yeah, and then he just gets a great pep talk from the best little child actress around. <laughs> the uh, best. Trudy. <laughs> And then he like fights with him himself to <laughs> nail a scene and then is so immensely proud of himself <laughs> and I was like I was just really taken by that pretty small growth of someone Mm -hmm. over like literally one day of filming yes but he just like he basked in everyone's compliments and like just his little his new friend who's like i'm so proud of you and he's like starts
0: bawling because he also was proud that was great it was such a good i was laughing so hard in a very quiet scene. oh yeah (laughs) but uh no i i loved how like it really messed with my expectations of him, especially mm. once I leave that first club or restaurant, and he starts, like, fighting off crying. Yeah. And really, like, that's what, what I, you, you kind of suspect from an actor who's trying to, like, you know, constantly... Yeah, he's fragile. ...work this range of emotions, but, like, also, like, kind of in a illusory way, which is really Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well,
1: because he, he just is so... Like, his ego is is everything. Yeah. And he's so... And it's so fragile. Mm-hmm. And he, yeah, he's, he's kind of a baby, to he be
2: honest. Is. He is. Yeah. And he always tries to pump himself up and just mm-hmm. like,
0: I got this house next to Roman Polanski. <laughs> I live in the big life. <laughs> I live in Hollywood. That's a big yeah. part of it. You can't just come and be here. You can't rent. You have to buy a house. Like, I live in Hollywood.
1: Mm-hmm. Which and he it, makes a point of. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Anyway, to be explicit about my earlier recap, I don't know the actual runtime of...
1: Two hours and 41 minutes. Okay,
0: well, I'm going to say it was two hours and ten minutes of character development. Most characters either weren't developed or didn't matter to the short film mm-hmm. that came after. But, uh, well, we'll get, we'll get into it.
1: Where does the short film begin?
0: It begins once they arrive back from... Once Kurt uh-huh. Russell starts narrating full-time, oh, yeah. that's when it becomes. I agree. I totally oh, okay, agree. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that was what happened. I,
2: I honestly believe that is... Because from then on, it... It is it is really well put together. And like yeah. I'm just, mm-hmm. like everything is very it looks beautiful before that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just feels like Tarantino was like, just like you know total love letter. Like I want to c- recreate a fun western. Like mm-hmm. he just was like having fun, having fun. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then he
0: was like, but this half hour is like going to be a full short film, mm-hmm. and it was great. Yeah. Like act one starts with them on that plane, mm-hmm. and there were a lot of details we didn't need. But we, you know, they had to give us something to tie it to the... But I do wonder if he did conceive one part and then added another, and I don't know which would have been first. Mm -hmm. I I don't know. Because I feel like in one hand...
2: In one hand. (laughs) On the hand. (laughs) On uh, the hand of one. Would have been... It would have been better for the film to just do it all about the Manson family connections and, like, sort of that sort of story. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, And just sort of, like, maybe touch the Hollywood aspect, but as you have to, because the men's family is so intertwined. But, I don't know, it just felt when it was, it just was such a weird shift,
0: like, in the last third of the film. Mm. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and I I do think it needed it. It did remind me of a Pulp Fiction, less two stories, and just, like, let's really get to know Vincent and Jules, which... I don't know. Some people probably would, you know. Oh, I really wanted a whole movie just about these two characters. Mm-hmm. I think we kind of got that this time around with these guys. Who I honestly think everyone in the movie did a good job. Yeah. Uh, the guy who played Roman Polanski really freaked me out just the whole time. All the cravats. And oh went, yeah. It just wasn't. Oh, great. cravats really freaked yeah. you. That's
1: what freaks you out about Roman. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: it. That's uh, that's the one. That's the one and only thing that does it. Um, okay, let's move on to number two here. How do you guys feel about this movie? Did you like it? I still don't have a really good answer for this. Yeah. Sonia, would you care to jump? Sure. This?
1: So I had a very visceral, immediate reaction to the film, mm-hmm. which was dislike. Mm-hmm. And I've been sort of interrogating that since, because I saw it on Friday. Um, like, okay, so my partner and I left the movie being like, did we see a different movie from everyone else? Because, like, we knew that it had been quite well-received. Like, it has an 85% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. It just felt a little bit like, am I taking crazy pills?
0: <laughs> like, it was
1: that degree of, I don't understand. But since seeing it and thinking about it a bit more, there are more things that I liked about it than I sort of was first ready to admit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Basically, I think... Overall, my thoughts are that, like, it looked amazing. Like, it was very proficiently made, obviously, yeah. mm-hmm. and beautifully made. Um, the the performances were pretty much, to a T, um, excellent. Like, it was some mm-hmm. really excellent performances. It was cool. I have mixed feelings about this, but it was both really cool to see Leo and Brad, like, do this. Thing together, but also I feel like maybe there's that's a little bit where some of this reception is coming from, and it like relies on that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I sort of I think the visceral reaction that I had was, what was the point of that? Like, what was he mm-hmm. doing and saying? And I think that's the thing that's still irritating me <laughs> about yeah. it. Kind of is is it felt meandery unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, which like we'll talk about yeah. more, but uh, I think it to be a bit crass. Mm-hmm. It felt wanky,
0: Ooh. like he
2: was wanking. Yeah, wanked.
1: it was wow. very self. Mm. It was it was like for his own enjoyment. Oh, yeah. in a we'll, lot we'll, of ways.
0: We'll, we'll, we'll unpack we'll that real, real totally. hard. Uh, I would uh, uh, like to. Uh, I would like to note. I went with wife. Wife of the show, Ellen Louis. And, uh, and immediately said. after, she hated it. <laughs> yeah. And I just received an an, an instant message that st- said she still hates it. Mm, so. so she sitting <laughs> um
1: The other thing I do want to say, because, like, I, I'm our resident buzzkill, um, is I don't know if this... I have some more comments, like, for later on, but I read one review that posits that they think this is a bit of as like, self-aware commentary slash apology, in terms of Tarantino's history of misogynistic violence and um, hollow female characters um, but it didn't do it if, he, if that's what it is which I think is kind of shaky anyway yes. um, like basically just that it's
2: like he just gave us a, a also very hollow character yeah exactly yeah.
1: like Sharon Tate and also I can't even think of her name the young hippie who oh
2: Pussycat
1: yeah Pussycat are both just like Shells of human beings. Yeah, and I read one reading, which is that like that was a commentary on his past work mm-hmm. because this is his first film post Weinstein. Um, but I kind of don't buy it, and even if it was, it first was still full of misogynistic yeah. violence, yeah. and yeah. he did like it didn't work. So,
2: mm-hmm. anyway, but also, and I feel like that's why he kind of was. I don't know because the time completely lends itself to misogynistic well planet, right mm-hmm. with like hippie culture and like Hollywood in general both abuse women so bad mm. um what so I don't know when I if you want to ask me if I liked it or not I do I believe that yeah parts of it I really really enjoyed like the mm-hmm. last third I was very I thought it was very very well done and but the first part was fully I think that everyone got enjoyment out of it because it's fully cameos the movie like yeah. mm. they just have everyone is loving spotting who is playing what and like oh my god it's Lena Dunham as Gypsy mm-hmm. like it's it's yeah famous celebrities play, portraying historical figures and it's amazing and it's just like references out the wazoo like I missed pro- I'm mm-hmm. sure I missed a hundred same if we if I rewatched again which I think maybe deserves a rewatch yeah. I'm sure of more would pop up and some that I probably have no idea Mm -hmm. and yeah the point what is the point (laughs) I guess it's like I feel like he Tarantino just became obsessed with Sharon Tate and the story of Sharon Tate Mm -hmm. and deified this actress who was like honestly just like kind of a pretty B-list like didn't Mm -hmm. do a ton but then got murdered in the most gruesome spectacular way that just really I don't know Made her the
0: ultimate, like, Hollywood martyr. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, no, I I would completely agree with, with that, Sean. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've, I feel like, well, I'm just going to sort of run into the next thing. Um, well, no, I'll, I'll say whether or not I liked it. Um, I feel like I liked all of the parts, like, I liked all of the individual, like, but the sum mm. was not there. Yeah. You know, like yeah. that that's that's where it missed out for me. Um but moving into this sort of why he made it, so I'm gonna pose sort of a theory and I, then we'll unpack it. Um I think Sean sort of touched on it already. But I think that this is what Quentin feels like he would have rather happened. Like if mm-hmm. his if his two men had just been there, then Sharon Tate would have kept making movies and everything would have been okay because really that was sort of like the end of Hollywood of that time, right? Like that was where it like cut off and like celebrities became like much less accessible. There's all these sort of like bits about how after, because like anyone could have just gone up to the Hollywood Hills and things changed. And then you can kind of see it in the movies, right? Because celebrities sort of became bigger because you had less access to them and things like that. But um, I think that this whole thing is like, if, you know, Quentin could send two men back in time, this is what he would do. Mm. And, and he's just living out that fantasy here.
2: And he does that, al- like, yeah. he likes that. Mm-hmm. He likes the idea of rewriting history. But if something was just, like, it a little bit lost it for me. I don't know. I probably talked a bit about this last week. But, you know, in Inglorious Bastards, he is, like, you know, people are shooting up Hitler and all of his Nazi henchmen. And you're, like... I, you know, I just have this feeling of you're, like, cheering and you're just like, this is amazing. You're, like, mm-hmm. we're triumphing over evil. And, like, Shoshana, like, succeeded in, re- you know, getting vengeance for her mm-hmm. family. Mm-hmm. And it just is, like, such a great moment and crazy ridiculous. And this one, it was just, like, now I'm watching Brad Pitt smash a teenage girl's face yeah. against. And it's, like, you know, this girl is, like, you know, literally a teenager. All the actors are young they're mm-hmm. like disney stars yeah. and it's just like this does not
0: feel good yeah it feels sick it didn't <laughs> i felt yeah. really sick
1: it was mm. sickening yeah and i think intentionally
0: yeah, yeah. well and there's a pretty big juxtap- juxtaposition between when mm. cliff beats up the guy who slashes his car tire versus the very comedic tarantino style violence of the end like like spoiler alert Leonardo DiCaprio literally takes a flame flamethrower to a human being and kills them with it, which is, like, bananas insane. It was it insane. So it like, like, it was, and it was, well, it was kind of satisfying, especially because we had just been there so long, right? Like, it yeah. just had yeah. been, like, we needed something. We needed... Yeah, you know,
1: a diffusion of attention. Yeah,
0: but I, I, even in the theater, I was thinking back to Django Unchained and the whole dog situation there and how it was significantly more explicit in this. And I was like, you know, is like... Ooh, Brandy. Like, are they going to show more? Like, a, what is... Brandy went in. <laughs> yeah. Brandy. Oh, come
2: on, Brandy.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't know. I don't know about, like that that it's necessarily his dream that these two guys would have been there to save Sharon Tate, so much as just his obsession with the Hollywood of his childhood mm-hmm. and his, his intense nostalgia and his mm-hmm. sort of obsession with recreating in its insane detail mm-hmm. the historical moment of something, you know, kind of in the same way that, like, Pulp Fiction recreates parts of the 90s um
2: like is it he feels that if that didn't happen like we still would have create kept creating those like westerns and like things I, would have still been beautiful instead of like
1: an idyllic that just
0: like yeah. stopping I think, all of that i think so and i think that's why like margot robbie has no lines because he's not going to speak for her right like he like you know she's a real person that he's not going to like Basically, he's just, like, putting her on a pedestal, which has a yeah, huge like amount of issues around it. But that's why she was a non-character, because she was just there to fill that spot in this fantasy or recreation or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy for, like, an
2: Oscar-nominated actress, Margot Robbie, mm-hmm. to be, like, she did great. She was luminous. She was mm-hmm. so agreeable. She was so, like, kind. Like, everyone else was scared of hippies. She, like... Hitchhiked like gave a a hippie a hitchhiking hippie mm-hmm. like a ride. She hugged her and she's like good luck. And she was just so angelic and like it was. I actually thought that that the scene in the movie theater where she is watching mm. her own, she's watching actual the actual actress Sharon Tate, mm-hmm. but she's also playing Sharon Tate, and mm-hmm. it's a really nice homage to her. And she's like loving like people are laughing at her comedic lines and she's recreating her moves like her judo moves and it was she just looked she sold that so Mm -hmm. hard
1: yeah i i read an interview with tarantino where he said that he wanted to have all these moments of sharon tate just going about her day because that's the sharon tate he wanted people to think about and Mm -hmm. remember was just this you know just this lovely woman sort of experiencing life rather than sort of the immediate association that most people Mm -hmm. have with her, which I thought was interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, at the same time, what you said last week, Sean, where you said that it would have been more satisfying for you if she had somehow played a role in like her Mm -hmm. own revenge. I think that's true because...
0: It It made
1: her so empty.
0: It would have been better to see her play a role full stop. Yeah. I think that's the... Right. And I think that, like, there are other little sort of tidbits that are interesting where, you know, he has no problem inserting Leo into different very famous movies or other people or changing them, yet when uh, she goes to the theater, it's not Margot Robbie. It's, It's, you know, like, that is untouched.
1: Yeah, which I like. Yeah. I liked that a lot.
0: Um, I, yeah, I also thought,
2: so when there's a scene with Bruce Lee where he's teaching her her moves for the movie, Mm -hmm. and I thought that was a little bit of a, like, a tip-off that she would have a role in, like, fighting off her, um, her attackers, but it did not. And Mm -hmm. actually, this I was just reading that Roman Polanski actually thought Bruce Lee originally had killed her because (laughs) of that. (laughs) Because he was like, he was like, this man was teaching her,
0: like, karate and knew where we lived i'm sure it was bruce lee uh what did you guys think of the, the bruce lee moment sonya's shaking her head in the <laughs> negative for some reason in the, in the negative yes. you
1: know it's good for radio when you do physical gestures <laughs> yeah. to indicate well, okay. I can.
0: what's what's uh, up?
1: there was a little too much kung fu screaming of a stereotypical variety for old sonya's taste
0: have you seen a bruce lee movie
1: yeah yeah i have yeah but just the (laughs) i feel like the really broad portrayal that that actor did Mm -hmm. was at odds with some of the other really nuanced specific performances that you had and especially in a film where there is a pretty significant absence of any other person of color mm-hmm. and that completely glosses over the racist underpinnings of the Manson family like it was largely racially motivated I shouldn't even say racially motivated mm-hmm. racistly motivated mm-hmm, yeah. um, so I think especially in that to have like your one character of color be this Broad, broad portrayal
0: mm-hmm.
1: made me cringe a little.
0: Well, okay, so I have. Well, I got two points. I have two rebuttals to okay. make. Number one, I, a, car- a caricature nonetheless. Like I'm not going to deny that was a very good Bruce Lee impression.
1: It was. Yeah. Like, I, I get if,
0: it. I don't know if you've seen how like Bruce Lee like portrayed himself, but like he is the source of all of these other sort of mm-hmm. depictions. But like, if you want to be Bruce Lee, like that's you got to do it. Yeah. So they
1: just made him. I feel like sillier than they needed to.
0: Uh, Even if Bruce Lee was that silly,
1: I feel like it was so.
0: It was it was very over the top. But
1: uh, at least my theater, like they were laughing every time he would make that sound.
2: Um, He also like, you know, (laughs) I'm not like sticking up for anyone, but Mm -hmm. i technically it's like the Cliff character remembering that's true. Part Mm -hmm. so it's like maybe he. Is mm. affixing that character is like so cocky or annoying mm-hmm. or whatever, but also that's not really a defense of
0: anything. Yeah, it's just
1: that's a, it. That mm. is interesting. Though. But
0: it, anyway, this portrayed out was right. So number two, I I don't. We're gonna have to bring in other things here. Why uh, the show and I were immediately struck by the fact that we had just watched Mindhunter season two.
1: Yeah, where they
0: interview Manson mm-hmm. and all these other sort of things come up. So I had read a bit just because apparently Manson's on everybody's brains right now. Yeah, and oh. is it literally the same guy uh, in
1: Mindhunter and The, in the some film? of the
0: same people are portrayed by different actors in both things.
1: No, but isn't it the same guy playing Manson in both?
0: Is it? I have no idea. I think it Oh, okay. Be. Well, that w- that's incredible. Which is yeah, weird. That can, like, yeah, that's a wild. <laughs> book. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dang. Anyway, but uh, like, I think it was an interesting choice to sidestep the racism. Mm-hmm. Because at this point in time, from all the documents we have, it may, it may have just been a lie, right? Like it may have just been him lying to get things stirred up. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if there was a conscious choice to take that out because they don't know what his true motivations were. And maybe they were that. And I'm not saying they were or weren't. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of new things that have come up that said like like he was he just picked an enemy and ran with it. It wasn't actually yeah. But I don't know. Have you guys seen My Heart for Season 2? Yeah, or I've been watching it. I have, I have not. Oh, man. Sure. I am scared of it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. It's, it's pretty okay, spooky. Then. But a little bit.
0: Okay. Ellen has confirmed that it is the same actor, <gasps> which I did wow, not Wow, I'm so
1: glad I wasn't wrong.
0: I wonder if he just did, like, two days on set. Yeah. Because well, like, he's barely
1: in Once Upon a oh, Time. Oh,
0: he's in there for a
2: second. I was re- reading also that the, the Susan Atkins actress, her, like, maybe one of the other ones. Anyway, one of the ones that gets mushed incredibly in the house she also plays the same character in like a another show where there's a
0: manson family i don't even okay. remember what it's called because people are fascinated
2: oh, every summer yeah. it's
0: just like well i think this is enough i think we can tone it down for 10 years or so and then we can have more manson things
1: see that was one of the areas of the film though where i was like he didn't have anything it didn't feel like he had anything interesting to say nope. Like, I sort, I was a bit confused about why it was included, mm-hmm. except that it's obviously a key part of
0: sort mm. of that loss of innocence th- and I stuff that we've it, talked about. I think it was sidestepped as much as it could be. Yeah,
1: which I found highly dissatisfying. Yeah,
0: and then the question becomes, why go yeah, to why the ranch at all yeah. and just have him do that somewhere else in his trailer park? Because it w- could have been the same. He could have just dealt with different hippies. Like, it didn't have right. to be these real people.
2: Um. Ye- yeah... What was I going to say? And oh yeah, um, just like the events of that, and like Sonny kind of briefly mentioned this earlier, but it's like because of all this Madison stuff and like extensive podcasts that I listened to about it, like I know the events of August eighth, nineteen sixty nine very well. But someone that might have a passing interest in it would probably just be like, "Is this significant? Like, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Is something changed? You know, it's I." I mean, that's just a very weird thing of it, too, is it's like you kind of have
0: to do your research to fully get it. And I also was thinking, like, is he spending so much time on Cliff and Rick because, you know, everybody knows all this other stuff. Like, I just need to slightly lean into it, and other people can bring in what they know. But these guys aren't real, so I really have to spend a lot of time working on like you've really got to see him fix that tv antenna you know
1: Mm -hmm. it's really
0: key to making this whole thing happen
1: well that's partly why i highlighted the like the the contrast between who rick and cliff are and their them being at odds with this like new cultural generation Mm. because i think he's very fascinated in that specific type of old-school 60s masculinity, and mm-hmm. that's partly why he focused the film so much. Like, he's obviously very interested in those two and what they represent. Mm-hmm. So, but I, but again, I, I left feeling like, okay, what did you actually say about mm-hmm. them and their it, ilk?
2: Because kind of like Cliff is not like he's not a great representation of masculinity because he is completely full of rage like he mm-hmm. seems ready to boil over yeah. any minute like his yeah. life is kind of is very depressing actually mm-hmm. he lives for his dog brandy and is obsessed with dog food and he might have killed his wife which is okay so they flash back to it they call his wife Natalie yeah it's she maybe was killed at sea word. so it's like are you Robert Wagner yeah hmm it's weird anyway it that was just like I do not understand because that was changed um, and yeah and it was just like it feels like he is constantly keeping his intense rage like buttoned down and like it will shoot out every once in a while where he like beat up the lead of a film that he's on mm-hmm. or things like that or kill three teenagers in a house right
0: who knows anyway guys we gotta take a break Already, Yeah, it's, uh, we'll be right back. Uh, you're listening to Spoiler Alert on 91.3 FM CJTR Regina Community Radio. That's a lot of words. We'll be right back after these short messages. <laughs> uh, we're just, <laughs> I just heard a good joke from somebody, but we're not going to repeat it. Uh, you're listening to Spoiler Alert on 91.3 FM CJTR Regina Community Radio. Today we're talking about Once Upon a Time. In Hollywood uh, But just first no the <laughs> But first Do you guys know uh, Any idea what time it is Either of you have A watch or anything That would indicate It's nearing midnight 1969 <laughs> August
1: 8th <laughs> Nothing uh, bad's gonna not, happen
0: uh, Well it's, that's true Because it's just about Game time <gasps> Woo
1: that was a, an analog air horn from the I live 16. for
0: that. I live for that air horn. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those who don't know, if you're just tuning in, the game is where I spend quite a bit of time locating movies that these two have not seen. I tell them at the title. They tell me what they think it's about. I tell them what it's really about, and we all have a grand time. Oh. This week's title is "Don't Make Waves." That title again. Don't make waves, Sean. Don't make waves. What do you have for me? I believe that this is about, um,
2: a newly employed secretary, um, who is, uh, instructed not to criticize her workplace for their terrible, uh, you know, workplace environment. And she's constantly told, don't make waves. Until one day, she does make waves by smashing the collagen jug mm. and the waves crash all over her coworker's feet. And also then she's. Makes real waves in the workplace. How do you feel about that? (laughs)
1: Amazing. something,
0: Sean. Thank you.
1: I think Don't Make Waves is about a um, synchronized swimmer who is uh, employed in films in the 60s in Hollywood. So she's in all those old Hollywood, like, big dance pictures, but with sink Kai
0: swimmers. Mm.
1: Amazing. Um, and it's basically just like her learning. She's like young and maybe she's from like the, the Midwest a... and she's sort of like <sighs> doe-eyed and naive and she arrives in Hollywood just as the sort of 60s are ending.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to read the very, not the plot line, but the very first line of the Wikipedia description to this movie. Amazing. All right. Don't Make Ways is a 1967 American sex comedy Bracket with elements of the beach party genre and <laughs> bracket, starring Tony Curtis, Bonnie oh. Cartiline, Dave Draper, and Sharon Tate. Oh, oh smart. Sex go. comedies. Yeah. Uh, anyway, to make more of those. it looks like yeah. like it's like one of those movies where, like, Andy's into Carol, but Carol's into his best. Like, it's like kind like like of one of those. beach
1: blanket bingo yes, type.
0: Except, uh, oh my, you guys are on these terms.
1: <laughs> I love
0: that Anyway, uh, it looks pretty wild. Check it out. Uh, There's, like, in the trailer, it's pretty good because it's like, oh, there's this hot girl, and then it's um, the lead. But then there's this hot girl, and Sharon Tate's name in the film is literally just Malibu. There's (laughs) no... Everyone else's last names are backstores, and she's just, like, Malibu who lives in a van and, like, (laughs) only has bikinis and stuff. Anyway, uh, yeah, it looks pretty crazy. And that has been The Game, everybody. That's wild. The game. The game. Um, So, jumping back into our conversation, uh, item number five that I would like to talk about is self-indulgence in film. And this will link... The wankery? This will link to item number six. So, just save... Item number six is, of course, feet. That's all I've written down. Oh, yeah, okay, great, because I was about to. But uh, let's talk about not feet, and then we'll get into it. So, uh... It... Everyone in this room agrees that this was just one big self-indulgent. This is what Quentin wants to write and see. Yeah, yeah, right. Like this is absolutely him just doing whatever he wants. Yeah, and he calls out. He uh, like
2: he owns the what's the theater? The Beverly something the something Beverly Theater in Hollywood. Anyway, there's uh, the part with Sharon's like. Are they showing dirty films at a time like this? And that's the
0: theater. Oh, that's that fun. Owns. I didn't know that. Anyway, he has his own little shout-out to himself. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, because he wasn't in it. Yeah, which
0: was... Which was well, he's probably in there somewhere. I just don't know where. Mm. But, um... oh, he's pussycat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's Andy McDowell's daughter? Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, I wonder if this was if this film was written slowly as a collection of things that he thought would be cool to see and then all brought together in a time that he thought was, you know, like, oh, it would be great to see someone kill someone with a flamethrower. And he just put that note on a Post-it note somewhere in his house, and slowly those Post-it notes built, you know, they built up with all sorts of weird different things, such as, you know, guy punches dude for slashing his tires. Just hang that up on the Quentin Tarantino wall. And eventually it has come out to this. I don't know if you guys know this. This is allegedly his last film. Yeah. I thought
1: there was one more.
0: Is it okay? I thought, I thought it was
1: his penultimate. Pen. Oh, I thought oh. He, I thought
0: this was number ten.
1: No, it depends I thought this
0: is. Was... He's still going to write and do other things. Mm-hmm. Like he's still going to be involved. But there's a, there's a I did a count and there's one movie I'm not sure.
1: I uh, read an article it was today. So, I so can't he's doing remember one more. Yeah, I read okay. an article today that said this was nine of ten. If you don't count. I forget
0: which one. Oh, you oh. see it with Woody Harrelson? Yeah. Yes. I cannot remember what it's called. Um, I agree that he
2: probably, that there was many shots that I feel like he got the vision of it and was like, I'll squeeze that in. Like, there's this one shot where Cliff is walking like an old, like cow hand, like walking past all of the Manson family gals as they're like yelling at him in slow motion. Mm-hmm. And for some reason I was just like, this just seems like something that he's like, this would look great.
0: Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to put it in somewhere. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, involved in this self-indulgence because it does hit its apex here in all of the foot shots which are <sighs> gratuitous
1: gratuitous there is why are they always dirty feet too did you notice that yeah well, her, oh yeah the,
2: like pussycat's feet are dirty dirty also pussycat the actress margaret qualley is very cute and funny oh, and she's she weird. was really good she was her faces were great but yeah her feet were Nasty.
1: But so were Sharon's.
2: Mm-hmm. Sharon's the, were dirty too. Yeah. In the
1: theater. I don't and that. I, re- I was just saying yeah. during the break that I re rewatched Pulp Fiction last night because the two films are being compared quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And I had this moment of doubt where I was, I haven't seen Pulp Fiction in several years, and I worried that maybe I don't like it as much as I thought. If I didn't like this movie, but I do. But the foot stuff in that one, um, Mia Wallace also has dirty feet. They're
0: always dirty. So that's part of his in Bill, Even in Kill Bill, she's like, she steps in mud. It's always, yeah, there's always stuff on them.
1: But there was no explanation for them being dirty.
0: Nope. There's just always... <sighs> I, like, wow. again, self-indulgence. It's always like... Uh,
1: like, yeah. ter- he's a bad person, right? Is he? I don't know. I mean, he's admitted that he knew firsthand about a lot of the stuff Weinstein was doing. Mm-hmm. He got... Wait, Penelope Cruz? Yeah, into that terrible car crash. Did he? I
0: didn't have no idea. No, know. that was Uma Thurman. Oh,
1: oh well, that was Uma, yeah. Yeah. Um, but
0: she you, apparently wait, still
2: is fine this, what, with... What are you talking about?
0: I've like, never heard any of
2: this. He made her like do a a stunt that she was uncomfortable with in Kill Bill. Oh. And she got injured. Oh, okay, yeah. she it got Bill injured. injured. Um, but also, she let Maya Hawk, her daughter, yeah. be in this will.
0: Mm-hmm. But maybe she was like, it's worth uh, you're in a small... Oh, that's right. They small. are making Kill Bill 3. I don't know if he's directing it or not, but I don't know how you make it without Uma. What Maybe if it's a prequel and same. he uses my hawk?
1: They look great. exactly the same.
0: They don't look exactly the same.
1: Also, just <laughs> since we're cataloging this, Let's
0: do it. his okay.
1: extensive and salacious use of the N-word, loves to make people say it, loves mm-hmm. to say it himself, which was absent in this film, I will yeah, say. Yeah, I was
0: going to say Which
1: I mean. was interesting.
0: It might don't have know been because there was zero black people right. in the film. <laughs>
1: Maybe.
0: There were none there in Hollywood. They didn't know the word.
1: I think that was, was that my whole list? Well, the foot thing, because, like, just
0: because <laughs> you're, I'm out, just
1: <laughs> cause you're a, a revered and respected director, does that mean we all just have to be okay with you inserting your fetish into your film? Well,
0: so, okay, here's, here, this is the thing I have been, I have not resolved this in my head. So get re- hold on, folks. But, like, other things, other sec- you know, secondary sexual attributes are widely accepted in lots of other things right? such as the transformers movie right like like it's, uh. it's not a big it's not a big, <laughs> sean just put his feet up on the booth oh my god they weren't even dirty I um, but that's fine right like we have no problem with that it's just that we all know that this is his specific thing right and it's like it's at this point it's evident like some some 18-year-old who has never seen... Well, some 14-year-old who has never seen a Quentin Tarantino movie walked into this and was like, this is, like, about feet. Like, something is here. Like, there's well, an yeah, element of...
1: It's... I mean, sorry, I interrupted no, you. No, I... Was,
0: I was, my, my... The thing I'm wondering is that just because it's not as socially acceptable, is it wrong? No. Right? Like, that's... And the, I'm not
1: here to yuck anyone's yum. <laughs> I'm not saying that fetishes are bad. That You should... Express mm-hmm. your sexuality in whatever healthy way between two or two or more consenting mm-hmm. adults <laughs> I'm really digging a hole for myself but it doesn't what's it what's why like if you can't justify it mm-hmm. other than I wanted to my calling
0: card and, well but is it just like I want to put something attractive in this is what I think is attractive full, that's it I guess, you know, like is, I is guess.
1: That, the same way that you'd have like a lingering shot of a woman's
0: Yep. Body, other body parts. You
1: know, <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't think of a good a example.
0: Body. A neck,
1: so, uh, the the curve of a neck. <laughs> but you wouldn't just linger on the curve of a neck. Well, I guess you it's could. unless you were like, oh, that's beautiful. You know,
0: and uh, if you're an ape person, oh,
1: darn it, Jeremy.
0: That's what I'm. That's what that's. I hate it when you convince me. And and I I'm upset that I've done it to myself too. <laughs> Is, you know, like, is it weird, or is it just like a guy being like, you know what, this is what I appreciate, and it's... Yeah. Well, not to mention, Quentin Tarantino is just sort of a weird dude. Like oh, visually, for sure. Oh, you know, did you ever see him drawn on The Simpsons? It's terrifying.
1: <laughs> it's really... Oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah, the shape of his head is...
0: <sighs> they really... Sean, what are, what are your thoughts about this sort of self-indulgence? Uh, you talk, what do you think of the feet? I think it's nice for filmmakers to have things that are recognizable about...
1: Yeah. You mm-hmm.
2: know, like... It's I, It doesn't gross me out that much, honestly.
1: Oh, it doesn't gross me no. out.
2: Yeah. It's, it's just very much evident. It was just was very... There was a part... There was one that I thought... A shot that I... Not related to feet, but just in terms of, like, weird, leery things, where Pussycat's talking to Brad Pitt in his car, and her butt is fully... is major forefront, and then the action is way in the back. And it was the weirdest... I don't know. It was just, like, the... I guess the way that he dresses the manson gals, yeah, where they would normally dress like slubby nat like dirty dresses, and they all were like in like Coachella denim like, shorts, shorts mm-hmm. and just like i that part was very just like well
1: like, oh yeah, there's a weird. lot of aside from feet, there's a lot of reducing women to fetish objects, like just you know a lot of a lot of it. I read one review that basically was just like, it's all. It's all lingering shots of, you know, Sharon Tate's... Leg. Like, it just is lingering shots of female body parts when mm-hmm. it doesn't need to be in a way that, yeah, I don't know. It's just
0: but I, aesthetic. But I, I, I do think it is about, like, him, you know, preserving and, like, cherishing, like, Sharon Tate and, like, the hippies of that time. And I assume he saw a photograph or an actual person once... And, like, that locked in his brain, and that went on the Post-it note, and it was, like, hippie and cut Like, that's it. You know, like, that's yeah. it for him. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Quentin. Quentin, you nasty, know, you know, but and, sometimes and like, like, you made number, Like, you sometimes
1: you, do good things. You made
0: number nine for you, and you made the other nine for everybody else. Yeah. It seems. But, who doggie?
1: I mean, a lot of them are for him. I don't think he's ever been, like, Holding back the things he really wants in his film. i I
0: think that there always must be like some sort of friction about him not going totally out there. Mm-hmm. I think that there's got to be someone he trusts or like another writer or someone he works with to like you know like okay, and then they kill Hitler, but like no, how do they get there? you mm-hmm. know let's let's work it back but uh um, do yeah. you mind if we talk about the last like
2: scene mm-hmm. of like the last? the short film if you Mm -hmm. you will at the end yeah just because that's that's the part that i enjoyed the most and i think just like from the you can sense the change in tone at the end of like the work day when everyone's going away and it's just so, so like it gets more and more you know intimidating um and i don't know if that's just because of like this historical heaviness that we already knew but like when that busted up car just like crests over the hill of like like everything is so beautiful and peaceful and then they just like come up over that hill and it's so just like scary and like it seems like it's the fairy tale of it is like really come to an end and i so enjoyed it and also the mamas and the papas Mm. song are singing where it's like the young girls come into the canyon and which I'd always was like, how fun. But now it's like, oh, those girls are crazy, and mm. they're going
0: to kill you. Mm.
2: And also the mamas and the papas are dark now. <laughs> After yeah. all of my pod podcasting listening. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you're all pedophiles and aiders of betters, and <laughs> it's
0: it's scary.
1: Basically, no famous people are going to get a clean slate. Yeah, it does. Um, it's more seriously. I just loved the whole the device of of um, Rick floating in his little floaty <laughs> <True>. with his <laughs> noise-canceling headphones <laughs> on while everything's happening, which is also very funny because <laughs> it was recently made news that when Leonardo DiCaprio engages in sexual activity, his habit is to wear AirPods the whole time, mm. listen to MGMT, and vape. So the fact that he was floating in that Mm. pool with noise-canceling headphones on, smoking a cigarette, made me laugh very hard.
0: He is ridiculous. He's a ridiculous human, but a truly gifted actor. Yeah, no, it's it's the juxtaposition. Um, I do have to say, I have my own little, like, crush moments in this movie, Mm. and uh, I love Kurt Russell. I always will. And, like, even when there's sort of the first sort of like narrative sting and then he has a much bigger role later and of course he's a stunt coordinator because he's what else would he be mm-hmm. right but um i also wonder if like is that the same guy from death proof like is that the oh. the line that he's because it could very much be hmm. but uh you know it's just like the first time he's like oh, like he comes up and i'm like oh that was kurt, that was kurt russell that was him he's here you know that's it's cute just, just my little Whereas
1: my i was there being like
0: Whose voice is it? <laughs> oh, voice I knew instantly. I actually didn't even know that, and I I beat myself up. I figured sorry. it out. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, no, Sam Jackson yeah. though. Nope. Yeah, that's a little rough. So Honestly, no one was Sam Jackson the playing Edward. the Brad Pitt character would have been great. Yeah. Oh, that would have been super cool. But again, but it wouldn't have worked. Right like and you know, maybe he tried to find a spot for him, and he was like, you know what? I just can't do it. I can't no. figure it out. However. Well, he was the narrator last time. You just can't just always make him the narrator.
1: I asked the boyfriend this while mm-hmm. we watched, and I would like to know your answers as well. Who's hotter, Brad or Leo, in this film?
0: Oh, 100% Brad. Brad. Oh, yeah, Oh, Brad. I am going to say
1: And uh, my partner's answer was, Brad, but I think Leo's a better actor.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, think he's right. But when Brad scales that roof, just like, yeah. Huh?
1: Oh, yeah. That when he shocking. tears off that shirt. Yes. Oof, yeah, dear. he is. He's still got it.
0: Oh, got it. They
1: both still got it, but Brad
0: more. Mm. Or we're all just, you know, waiting for Fight Club too, right?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's we it. can't
1: talk about it, though. No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was a really what? great joke. Thanks. Um, all right, you guys. I think we may have exhausted ourselves for the day. Uh, there's 10 minutes left in the show. What you watching?
2: Wow. Sonia and I have a mutual what you watching. Whoa. Um, last night we got the privilege, oh, the utter privilege, oh,
0: yes. okay. yeah. uh, to
2: host talkies at the RPL Film Theater, and we watched a 1989 film called Sinbad and the Seven Seas, mm. um, and it was a Lou Ferrigno, uh picture.
0: <laughs> and, <laughs> and how.
2: Yeah, it's an Italian staging of an Edgar Allan Poe story. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, it's called the a thousand one thousand and second tale of the Shahrazad. Yeah. Even though no similarity can be found between the film and the story, <laughs> and seemingly has no makes no sense. It's just about Sinbad. Sinbad. Sinbad and his friends try to save a princess with ridiculous, like hilarious dubbing. The dubbing was crazy.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, the sets were bonkers. Yep. Yeah. And the overacting was to the extreme.
1: And the muscles.
2: And the oh, and Luke Ferrigno is they giving. Well oiled? Oh yeah. Oh nice. It was. They were slick and they were huge. Rippling. And his hair was wild. It was
1: honestly, one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It was also racist as heck.
2: Yes, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um. But it was very fun. Oh, it was hilarious! I was really laughing. It, there's this part. I, th- I think it was. This was edited in when they were like, "We cannot make any sense of this plot. We need to figure out this plot device of a mom reading a bedtime story to her little daughter <laughs> to try and get this together."
1: And the daughter, the daughter's voice was clearly done <laughs> the by daughter's an adult. Voice
2: was done by an adult trying to be a baby. It was
1: literally like. But what's gonna happen, mommy? <laughs> yeah,
2: totally like that, and the daughter was like ha- like eyes half closed, like looked like, Look she'd like she'd she just took taken a downer. And the mom, Miss eighties mom's trying to read the story, and uh. in her bedroom there's very the only thing decorating her bedroom is a huge photo of herself <laughs> of the daughter or the of mom? the daughter. <laughs> it is so it was funny. very funny. Oh, the best. That's what you got. Anyway, everyone keep going to talkies
0: because that was a hit. And a half. <laughs> and a half. Uh, what else have you guys been watching this week? Well. Just the one. Just the one.
1: Hey, Jerry, you're not going to like it. Why not? You're just, you're not going to like Why? it. Why? We do they TV just shows that. now.
0: That's okay. Like, it's, it's not even a TV show. That's all right. It's and, any watchable is really... That's it. I think that counts. <laughs> I think that's a viable. <laughs> Where was it?
1: Okay, so y'all may know that one Missy Misdemeanor Elliot recently released her first EP in a long, long, long time.
0: This is, I'm learning so much new information. <laughs> oh, her.
1: my goodness. It's such a
0: gift. I Missy
1: Elliot <laughs> has released an EP called Iconology. And it's everything. We missed you, Missy. We're so glad that you're feeling better. She was diagnosed with Graves' disease, as people may know.
2: Missy's a deep listener of the podcast also. So Missy, hi, Missy. Uh,
1: and in conjunction with the, do you know who Missy Elliott is?
0: Like, no.
1: Jeremy looks confused and I was kind like. Of,
0: oh. kind of, a, a bit. <laughs> One of the
1: most important <laughs> female rappers slash R&B artists of our time.
0: That's why I don't know. Carry on. She's
1: important. She's so important. And um,
0: produces
1: produ- yeah, Right, right, right. Like, she produces. Okay. Um, she made an appearance at the MTV Video Music Awards, which were last night.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, she finally received the Video Vanguard Award, which has been owed to her for, as far as I'm concerned, 20 years, yeah, 25 years. Okay. Agree, agree. Um And she did a performance that uh, started off with one of the tracks from her new EP, which I cannot overstate, is truly excellent. Um, And then it went into a medley of all of her greatest hits. And it was just this, like, over-the-top, incredible production value stage performance with these video interstitials. She had, like, four costume changes. She looks amazing. She sounds amazing. It was just this, like, joyful, incredible performance that... Pour up the VMAs, and I'm not gonna lie, you guys, I'm really hormonal right now. And I watched it this morning, and I cried a lot.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> I
1: danced and cried this morning watching it. Dance and cry. And I've watched it twice more since.
2: Nice.
1: Also from the VMAs, which is sort of a, I don't know. I feel like she, she, we only have her because of Missy, Lizzo, one of my. True faves. Yeah, I, I that feel was like a great
0: performance. it's
1: shocking if I haven't talked about her on the show before, but oh, Lizzo yeah. is possibly my favorite musical artist right now. Who And I would just like to say for the record that I have loved Lizzo for many years, and I knew she would be famous one day. Um, but she also had just this, like, effervescent, incredible performance featuring a CGI. A giant CGI butt. It,
2: CGI? Yeah,
1: it looked inflatable, but it was CGI. Wow. Bouncing, an
2: incredible bouncing butt. And like all ears.
1: of her dancers had natural hair, and just, I mean, her—if you know Lizzo, her brand is like unapologetic it's self-love. self-love. Yeah. And so she just—it's like every time I watch a live Lizzo performance, not in person, I wish I probably would die. Um, it's like going to church for me. So, yeah, totally. I did not watch the VMAs, could not care less who won any <laughs> awards, but Missy and Lizzie, Liz, Lizzie. Missy and Lizzie. Lizzie to me. <laughs> Missy and Lizzo are making my life today.
0: Wow. Okay, well. So that's uh, And now for something completely different. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Good Eats is back. Cute. <laughs> What's Good Eats? You've never watched Good Eats before? Alden Brown. Alden Brown's, they... Uh, you guys have television. all television. words food. I don't understand. Television food cooking show where huh. he gets to the science of how you cook and shows you you can do it at home, too.
1: He's a nice cooking man. Yeah.
0: Anyway, they are making... Apparently, people still watch the show because it's good, and the Food Network's like, let's do more, and everyone's like, finally. So the oh, first, that's nice. first full episode's available on the YouTube, and eventually, they will all make it to YouTube for free watching, I believe. Oh,
1: I like that. So that's
0: good. You guys... Last week I went to a place. Uh A dark place? Uh, No, a northern place called Flin Flon. Uh, That's why I was unable to cover the show last week. And after a long day of filming geologists in the field, I was delighted to come back to my somewhat scuzzy hotel room to see that not only was Ghostbusters on, but it was followed immediately by Ghostbusters 2. Now oh my God. I love both these movies a lot. I've, a watched <laughs> I've watched yeah. them many times. A lot of the swear dubs are a bit too much. That's funny. But I am here today to talk to you about something I have not seen in quite some time, and that is commercials. Oh, oh no! <laughs> and commercials during movies, which may be the worst thing that I have ever encountered. <laughs> so bad. After watching three minutes of Ghostbusters, I was then cut off to watch like what oh. was twenty-eight minutes of commercials. And, and you then another three minutes of Ghostbusters and a half hour commercial. Anyway, do you guys do this at all? Is, do you I watch do not engage with commercials.
1: Almost never. Oh if my I can gosh. avoid it.
0: You know what? It, every right. time I do watch, like, go home and watch television, I'm always completely rattled. I'm like, well, oh, my God. Well, the thing is, is they get one round of novelty for me. Because I haven't seen them. Yeah. And you know, like, I do like John Hamm selling car insurance. He's <laughs> like, a likable yeah, okay. guy. This is like what happened when we watched the Oscar, when we hosted the oh, Oscar. Yeah. Yes, live. Just, just totally, completely thrown off by the fact that commercials still exist. And a little bit saddened that my watch you're watching is commercials. Mm. However, people, listeners, c- just cut your cable. You don't need it. The Nightly News is not that important. And it'll remove all of those commercials with it. I beg you, make it stop. This well, the problem thing. is, <laughs> the problem
1: is, I watch. Uh, as we know, I'm a Big Brother person, which is so embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Um, and That's I great. watch that through the Global TV app. And so the worst is that there are commercials on that app, but it's the same six. Oh, God. it was the out. same.
0: It was the same few on AMC with Ghostbusters. I saw maybe ten commercials total, and they just played on a loop.
1: So if anyone wants to know about the fall shows on Global, Ooh,
0: Did you guys know. buy that yogurt or whatever? <laughs> or is it all is it all cards? Modern family. I did not. I did not. But Dennis Quaid can get out of here at this point. <laughs> all right, you guys. That's, that's all the time we have. I'd like to give a shout-out to the Garys for the use of our theme song, Manituna, my co-host Sean and Sonia, everyone here at CJTR, and to our listeners. Spoiler alert is, broad- is broadcast live Wednesdays at 6, 6 p.m., rebroadcast Friday mornings at 9, and is available as a podcast on CJTR's website. We're on Twitter at SpoilerAlertYQR and Instagram at SpoilerAlertCJTR. My Electric is coming up next. Good night.
1: Bye. Bye.